2020 that was a total joke don't let the door hit you in the butt on the way out to 2020 i can say that that's right that's right happy to be in a new year my friend the january 1 edition 2021 of bass edge radio great to be back for a reset what do you think Absolutely. And I will say one other thing, Kurt, is uh, you made Tori very happy at MegaWare Keel Guard. I saw some stuff on social media. You know me. I'm not on social media, but I occasionally uh, peruse the uh, the Bass Edge stuff. And, uh, you know, she was really rooting for you to bring some singing back. So, uh, you know, I, you did that. Well, I appreciate the push. It's fun. It's fun. <laughs> you know, I take it very very seriously, Arian. And uh, I've been practicing. I hope y'all enjoyed that opening of the show. I think it will be a good omen for our new year. And uh, another good omen for our new year is, uh, dude, we got some, you know, some extra money in our pockets from Christmas. And it's pretty apparent on the website, Aaron, the uh, new book, The Psychology of Exceptional Fishing from Dr. J. McNamara, the revised edition being sold at a pretty good clip. I, look, if you want to improve your bass fishing, this is an awesome book. And it's not just, you know, how to pitch or flip. It has nothing to do with that. It's got what's going on in your mind here at Bass Edge Radio. You all know we always talk about how important the mental game is. Get your mental game right. This, this is the way to do it, right, Aaron? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, I do want to distinguish, Kurt, you are correct. It has been selling very well, uh, as well as the old edition. So we have the original right and we have the revised edition. Something to point out at, when you get on to BassEdge.com uh, under the book segment, there are three different options that you have. The revised edition uh, that's on there. You have the original, the book by itself. And then there is actually a package deal for $14.95, I believe. Uh, you get yeah, all you get the de- some bonus. Yeah. Bonus. Yeah. But wait, there's more, Kurt. <laughs> so uh, so anyway, I do, I do want to point out the revised edition, the original, uh, all good stuff. And speaking of good omens, what better way to start the first episode with our returning uh, supporting major sponsor, partner, whatever you want to call it, since day one, and that is MegaWare Keel Guard. So as uh, you're looking at the stimulus check, the tax refund, whatever it is, make sure that you visit MegaWare Keel Guard via KeelGuard.com to check out the first original do-it-yourself keel protector, the skate guard, my fa- one of my favorites, the flex step, and of course the battery guards, but certainly great products, innovative products that uh, help 
protect your investment. Yeah, flat out love affair going on right there. It's been so many years. It's not even funny anymore. It's just straight love. <laughs> Aaron, hey, look, man, glad you glad you shaped that out for the book. I think that's really important. And a lot of other cool products available there on BassEdge.com. I've got to throw this out there. We have been slacking slightly on some new articles and videos, but uh, it's there. Come on over to the website. Check out everything we got going on. You know, Aaron, I guess it was last year we really started up the Instagram, right? We got the Instagram platform now going at uh, at a decent little clip. So uh, got to encourage folks to go over there. And we're going to have some giveaways this year. We're going to kind of step up some things, aren't we? Oh, absolutely. I love giving away free stuff. And uh, certainly Bass Edge Nation has supported us, what, 14 years now? Kurt, I've lost count. I know this is episode 343, so it's been a long time. So we like sharing our partners' products and thoughts and uh, certainly getting that in the hands of Bass Edge Nation, those that we know deserve it. That's always fun. You bet. Well, I'm excited about today's episode. We're going to have a young new age. I like to use that word new age because I'm not new and I do have age. <laughs> so we're, we're going to bring in a young angler, man, that's been pretty hot. So y'all stay tuned for that. But hold your horses. We got a lot of changes going on and some new qualifiers for the elite series we're going to talk about in the next segment just kind of like what's been going on in the industry you know in the latter part of 2020 and how it's going to affect what we see moving into our new year of 2021 in the sport of bass fishing but first we have a very cool segment with a tackle tip with protecttheharvest.com this episode's ProtectTheHarvest.com Tackle Tip with BASS Angler of the Year champion, Clark Winley. You know, probably my four favorite baits to fish for horizontal presentations, for presentations for when the bass are concentrating up in the water column on bait fish, would be a jerk bait. My favorite jerk baits, a Strike King KBD J200 or J300 or J300D. All of those can catch them well. It just depends on how deep you need to get your bait. I also love a crankbait. For me, a crankbait would be like a Strike King KBD 3XD or maybe a 1.5. Both of those baits, you wind through the water column and so you're still thinking about catching suspended fish and fish that are concentrating on shad. And then the other bait that I can actually think about is a swim bait. The one I like the best is a Rage Swimmer. There's three different sizes of it. You can fish really big, you can go to a really small one. So it kind of depends on the size of the bait that you're trying to emulate. If you really go after little bitty shad, then something like a three and a quarter inch rate swimmer. I fish all of those on a jig head, so it just depends on how deep you're trying to get the bait. It might be a quarter ounce, might be a three eighths, you might even go with something like a three quarter when you're throwing the big ones. All of those will catch them. The thing about it is thinking about stuff that's suspended in the water column and how do you get to those fish. Hope you catch a lot more fish that way. Thanks. It's Clark Winley. Great tip, Clark. Brought to you by protecttheharvest.com. First by land and now by sea. For years, Lucas Oil has been a staple in high-performance vehicles on both the road and track. Now, from the makers of Lucas Oil comes Lucas Marine products, specifically engineered for marine applications. Protect and lubricate your marine inboard, outboard, or high-performance boat with Lucas Marine Engine Oil or Lucas Synthetic-Based Oil. Learn more about the complete line of Lucas Oil and marine products. Visit lucasoil.com. 
Nitro Performance Bass Boats. Get pro-level performance with the Nitro Z18, the official boat of Major League Fishing. The Z18, with its nimble handling and versatility, sports many of the features in the larger boats in the line, like a Guardian Livewell, a heavily insulated cooler, dual 8-foot rod storage, and our smooth and fast NVT hull. Every Nitro boat is laid out to do one thing very well, catch fish. Enormous front decks up to 45 square feet on the Z21 allow maximum mobility when battling unruly bass and feature low-profile gunnels for ease of skipping, pitching, flipping, or landing fish. Nitro Performance Bass Boats, pure fishing machines. All right, Kurt, you ready to play a little trivia? Yeah, okay. I, I'm, all, I'm all in on some all right. trivia. All right, so the question is, now you're, you're going to have to listen because I'm, I'm going to ramble here a little bit. I need you to tell me what these individuals have in common. And I'm only going to mention last name. Christy, Hackney, New, Atkins, Robertson, and I'll, I'll give you the first name of this one, Scott Martin. Tell me what all of those have in common concerning 2021. Yes, yes. This is actually pretty easy, Aaron. I appreciate you challenging me. <laughs> Going forward, we're going to have to come up with some better stuff. But those anglers are Bassmaster Elite Series qualifiers from the Bassmaster Opens in 2020 that will begin competing on the Elite Series this year in 2021. Ding, 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 ding. And they are hammers. Yes, dude, that is a list right there. That That's, uh, I would say, undoubtedly the strongest known quantities that have ever come from the Opens into the Elite Series, right? Daryl Gleason is yeah. another one. Yeah. That, you know, just on the show recently, Micah Frazier's brother, Mark Frazier, dude lit it up this year. I mean, absolute fishing hammer. Right. I mean, lighten it up. So many guys. KJ Queen, you know, he's got part of a tackle company, Queen Tackle. I mean, these aren't just guys slinging lures around and catching a few fish and said, "Uh oh, I qualified for the Elite Series, which I feel like happens sometimes. It's happened to me twice. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, this is an outstanding field. You take these 12 anglers and and there's several others that are very good. Obviously, when you qualify from the Open to Elite Series, you've done something. You put in some time somewhere along the line. You put in some time. And um, it's going to make the Elite Series field much more difficult to cash checks. What's interesting about talking about cashing checks in the Elite Series, too, Aaron, is that there is no more guaranteed paychecks. Yeah, so what, the best pay structure? Yeah, yeah. So we have had, essentially, where this turn is now coming, the best payouts in bass fishing history happened in 2019 and 2020. And I'm not saying the biggest payouts, but the least financial risk was during this time frame. And that is now changing back into where we were previously. Pause right there where you say change back to where we were previously. You and I are the same age. We've been at this a long time. As you know, we are an education base. We use the tournament scene to kind of more or less help drive, right, the knowledge and some of the best like yourself and in the world are are doing on the water. Yeah, we want to catch more fish. Right, right. But at at what point, I, I mean, you know, we have seen these trends of back and forth and right and people jump to here and go to there and payouts and tournament organizations coming into Vogue, going into Vogue, going out of Vogue, I should say. Is this just something to be expected? I mean, are, are we just to embrace this theory that, you know, there's always going to be people that are moving from one circuit to the next? Circuits change 
ownership changes. What's your thoughts on that, Kurt? Because I, I just wonder it. <laughs> it seems like there is always drama in the sport of fishing. Yep. So uh, through my experience, Aaron, my thought process is that, yes, we should expect these types of things. We shouldn't get overly distraught <laughs> about, you know, these types of changes. And we shouldn't get overly excited when things become really good, you know, from a risk perspective in this sport, because I feel like we're always going to have this part of our game. Our game is going to be a process of risk. Specifically, when you get to the higher level, it's the most risk. I mean, you go down to the local jar tournament on Tuesday night and throw in your 25 bucks and there's risk, but it's small. There's the weekend events, your team tournament where you and your buddy pay 225 bucks and there's risk, but it's manageable risk, right? For most people. And then you get into the opens or the Toyotas or the BFL and you climb the ladder and the risk continues to increase. And that is not going to go anywhere in this sport. Right. And, and you and I had talked, you know, when we were spending a lot of time in the industry, was spending a lot of time to trying to figure out the shakeout between MLF, FLW, BASS, all of which we support. But we knew that at some level, that was not a sustainable business model um, just based upon the numbers, right? I'm an analytics guy. And I, you know, you and I spent quite a bit of time both on and off the air just talking about that is not sustainable. Yep, completely agreed. And, you know, it, it's just interesting to bring up just to recognize and notice. Bottom line is if you go out there and catch fish and uh, that's your goal from a tournament perspective is to try to make a few extra bucks or make a lot of extra bucks or make a living at the game, then, um, you know, that's a known entity and it's not going to go anywhere. And, and it's just good to know where that's headed and, and what you need to do to be successful in that game. Right. So it's important to note. And um, man, these open guys, I got to go back to that list that you mentioned. They're going to make the Elite Series more exciting next year. They're going to be additionally fun to watch. You know, they're going to start removing anglers again from the Elite Series. It's no longer, well, I'm an elite angler and I get to stay here no matter what for two or three years. And um, that's going to put pressure on people. And it's going to be exciting to watch how people react to that pressure. Because after all, that's part of the entertainment process, right? You take my 2019 versus 2020 campaign on the uh, pro circuit and I fell apart this year or last year, I should say completely. And um, I'm looking forward to 2021 and how you know I can become a better angler. And that's essentially what we all want to focus on. Just, you know, becoming a better angler, having more fun, being able to hit the water on the weekends and catch more fish. And um, it's going to make the whole tournament scene really exciting from my perspective. So uh, I'm amped up for it, buddy. Yeah. Speaking of being amped up, I'm amped up about the uh, next guest that you somehow solidified to have on today's show to start the year off the right way. Yeah, we're going to jump into this guy. He's been lighting it up. 2020, tough year for a lot of folks. Maybe not so tough for this angler right here. Let's get him on the line. Y'all stay tuned. Cody Huff right here on Bass Edge Radio. We'll be right back. This is BASS Elite Angler Kyle Wilcher. This is Bass Elite Series Angler Bernie Schultz. This is BASS Bass Master Elite Angler Stetson Blaylock. This is MLF BPT Angler John Murray, and you are listening to Bass Edge Radio. 
Be at home with nature this holiday season with nature-inspired art, decor, and gifts by Wild Wings at wildwings.com. Explore art prints and canvas wraps of bass, trout, walleye, muskie, and more by acclaimed artists like Mark Sassino. I primarily paint underwater scenes of game fish and usually in a fishing situation, going after prey or going after a lure or a fly. I get asked sometimes whether I like fishing better or artwork. It would be tough to give either of them up. I can't really think of a good reason to give either up, so I'm going to stick with them. Make your home, office, or cabin show off your passion for angling. Visit wildwings.com backslash Bass Edge and sign up for an exclusive offer to Bass Edge listeners of 10% off your next order. Give something special to your loved one and be at home with nature. Visit wildwings.com backslash Bass Edge. That's wildwings.com backslash Bass Edge to get 10% off your next order of nature-inspired art, decor, and gifts by Wild Wings. You know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything else other than the original and toughest DIY keel protector for your boat, MegaWare Keel Guard. Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our exclusive contoured edge and patented technology. MegaWare Keel Guard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the longest-lasting, most dependable keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. Developed specifically by boat builders, offering the best keel protection in the industry. Also for MegaWare Keel Guard, Skeg Guard, Flex Step Pro, and Pontoon Guard. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. MegaWare Keel Guard. Aaron, I'm looking forward to this interview. You know, a new age of angling essentially is upon us, and the young anglers are showing the older anglers how the new tricks are done. I think we've seen that over and over throughout the history of the sport, but uh, seems like a, you know, kind of a special time in the sport specifically right now. And after a hugely successful campaign in 2020, you know, I look forward to chatting with an up and coming star in the sport. Like the welcome to the show, professional angler. Angler Cody Huff. Thanks for hanging with us today, Cody. Absolutely, man. Thank you guys so much for having me on. I've been looking forward to this, and I'm just excited to talk a little fishing. Well, great. Well, Cody, let's do a little housekeeping before we kind of dive off into it. I apologize. I know you and I share a mutual uh, contact, mutual friend, and that is Matt Ells. And uh, like I said, my condolences. Um, so hopefully uh, that that does not affect your you know, you know opinion of myself. But no, in, in all seriousness, uh, we we're, we're thrilled to have you on here. A 417 area code, which, as you know, that was kind of my stomping grounds for uh, eight and a half years there. One thing that I want to jump into right off the bat is, you know, you have worked diligently on your fishing skills for the last many years. And, you know, do you feel like the peaks were on target from your visions of, of, I guess, starting a successful, you know, venture into professional bass fishing? There's a Bassmaster Classic qualification and two Toyota Series wins are really careers for many in the sport. Yeah, absolutely, man. I've been really, really blessed this last year. You can't really plan those kind of things. They just happen. And uh, it kind of seems like when something's meant to be, you can't mess it up. Like, you know, for example, at Toledo Bend, I didn't have a keeper on the final day until like noon. And then between noon and 2.30 when we had to weigh in, I catch five for like 18 pounds. (laughs) 
Yeah, man, that's incredible. You know, it's often said when it's your time, it's your time, you know, those types of uh, statements you hear out there. But you've got to put yourself in place to be able to capture those moments or else it'd just be random. I, I, I would have won five coasters by now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's that's definitely exactly not right. happened yet. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's definitely taken a lot of hard work, and uh, I've took the time to really put a lot of time into uh, learning my electronics well. And, you know, I think kind of the cool thing about that is I grew up my whole life without any electronics at all. I never owned my first fish finder until I was in college. So I learned how to do it the old school way forever. And then, uh, you know, I kind of I kind of started to get a few graphs and a few electronics, and, uh, you know, it really just piqued my interest. Yeah, let's let's talk about college real quickly. You know, you went to Bethel, you go to Bethel. Where are you at in your schooling, by the way? I couldn't figure out if you were a senior or, or getting ready to graduate or already graduated. Yeah, I'm already done. I just finished up this uh, past spring, about time when all this COVID hit, and moved back home. So I, I'm done in Tennessee. But I tell you what, we had a lot of fun over there while I was there. I can imagine, man. You know, so going to Bethel, obviously, you know, a top-notch fishing universe, and the top-notch school, but their fishing team, they're into it. Probably top five schools in the nation that really have, you know, a solidified fishing program, one that obviously the school cares about extremely and, uh, you know, just keeps kicking out anglers that are uh, just phenomenal. Uh, interesting to know, you know, how, so how does it work? You know, you're at Bethel, you're at the student union, y'all are kicking back and maybe a, a fishing meeting or something. Do y'all just bounce stuff off each other or is it like a tournament? You know, are you trying to hide things? from each other, even as you're, you know, in school and, and fishing together. How does that dynamic work over there at Bethel? You know, it, it's kind of odd. And a lot, of, I get a lot of questions like that. You know, a lot of people asking those questions. But um, to tell you the truth, we all live together. Every one of us. You know, there'll be eight of us in one dorm room together. And th those are our best friends. Those are the, our brothers. I mean, those are just two we're with all the time. So, I mean, we fish together. All of us, I mean, nobody just locks down and fishes with one guy every day. You know, we all, we're all friends. So we all, if they can go that day, we'll, two or three of us will hop in the boat and go fishing. And you wouldn't believe what a bunch of time on the water with guys from different areas, how diverse of a fisherman that would make just your regular average Joe. You know, if you pick up a few techniques from the east part of the country or you pick up a few techniques from a guy from Texas, you know, you grew up in the Midwest and then you got a, a friend that's down from up north that spent a lot of time smallmouth fishing. It's just, I don't know, you get to learn so many different techniques so fast fishing with all these different guys that are that are just great anglers. That is very cool. It's almost like you're in a little, well, fishing university, you know, like Bass University constantly, <laughs> right? With not only, you know, guys that, uh, you're talking about guys that have a true passion for the sport. I mean, you know, they wouldn't be going to college and concentrating on being a part of a fishing team. We all know how much wild time this whole thing takes, how, I mean, in order to be decent at the sport, specifically from a tournament perspective, you've got to be almost sick about it, right? I mean, you've got to love it so yeah. much because it's so competitive. I mean, and that's how I think any sport is these days, whether you play basketball, baseball, football, whatever it is, in order to really, you know, achieve quick success or even, you know, mediocre success in a long-term basis in any sport, you've kind of got to be overly excited about it. And that's the dynamic I feel like you're talking about there about 
Bethel. And it's cool to hear that camaraderie because I think you get that a lot of places, right? You go fish Toyotas or the Elite Series or the Pro Circuit or MLF. You've got these cliques of guys that kind of hang out and bounce stuff off each other. And now that you guys have met such a passionate group of folks at such an early age, I can see where you're going to have that for ages to come, you know, just years upon years that you guys are going to be able to talk and work together and just bounce stuff off of. You feel like that's going to be really important as your career continues? I do. I mean, I think that's, uh, you know, a lot of guys are, are really greedy and selfish. You don't like to share info. And uh, sharing info, if you've got a, a nice, tight-knit group of guys that, you know, you really trust, it can help you break down a place more than anything. Because, uh, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times we've been somewhere and I was struggling. And, you know, one of my buddies will throw me a bone. Hey, you know, they're, they're eating a square bill on the last swing in the back of the creek or, you know, just something like that. Or, you know, I'll help them. And it just it changes your tournament around. You know, it, it gives you a chance to do well sometimes instead of having just a terrible finish. Well, very interesting uh, point there, Cody, because, you know, fishing has been traditionally an individual sport, Cody, and, and like Kurt mentioned, we kind of all have our clicks, and you guys being able to share information has been tremendous. At, at what point uh, do you ever kind of wonder, well, are they really telling me everything, or is that just kind of a given if you're going to come to the table and you're part of the Bethel College team, or any college team for that matter, uh, you better lay it all on the line and, and kind of be totally transparent. You know, everybody's fishermen. It just depends it is you know everybody knows how fishermen are not all of them are real truthful (laughs) (laughs) you know if you've got those guys you trust you know you're probably not going to get everything like they're not going to say hey they're eating a dang black and blue cinco on this waypoint we don't give each other spots most of the time we just kind of you know just point them in the right direction and you know if you'd rather not say nothing just tell me that then don't lie to me. Yeah, be straight be straight up. Say I don't I don't want to tell you that. I don't feel comfortable. Yeah. I'll tell you after the tournament. Yeah. So and how much does your you know, when you guys are having that uh kind of conversation, you know, when you're when you're masterminding or when you were, I should say, because now that you've graduated, but um when you were getting ready for, for the next tournament and kind of breaking down the venue, how does the style of angler that you became does it does that impact your overall strategy as a team or as an individual of okay, this is this is our strategy and this is how we're going to bring these these pieces and everybody's strength together you know not really we don't we never did a lot of planning or anything like that we just uh you know we'd get there the first day or two and we'd just go fishing we'd go do what we thought was going to work what we like to do and you know just go from there you know it always seems like you're a lot better off to just fish your strengths and not just go try to push something because you hear that's what they that's how people catch them there so cody you know obviously growing up in the ozarks area you know great story you know at the beginning of the show talking about how you didn't have electronics and how they've knowingly now how they've played such a huge part in in uh, your two Toyota wins at this point in your young career, do you feel like the Ozarks has defined you as an angler? And do you find it noticeably difficult when you're traveling to kind of unfamiliar geographic areas in other areas of the country? Now that you're fishing, you know, uh, obviously several Toyota divisions in the Bass Opens, you know, you've been traveling a little bit more. So how is that affecting you at this standpoint in your career? You know, I think honestly it was uh, the perfect place to grow up. We've got so many different lakes here like in the area around me that you can go fish however you want to fish and you can learn how to catch them so many different ways but honestly i don't believe i would be where i'm at today if i didn't go to college because going from you know 
the Ozarks to West Tennessee and living on the banks of Kentucky Lake and getting to fish the Tennessee River for four years. I mean, we fished every day. You know, those are two totally different fisheries. And that, uh, I feel like that helped me grow more than anything. And, uh, you know, honestly, in college, we got to go to all the big name places. We got to go to all the best lakes in the country. And just getting to make that kind of round around the country for those four years and and getting uh getting that experience there i mean i think that was uh, probably one of the biggest things that helped me kind of grow i guess my skills and just kind of being able to break down things a little easier cody we're going to continue chatting about your winning ways and how this time of year can really help anglers become more aware and in tune with their new electronics technology let's power pull down we're going to turn it a bit with professional angler cody huff Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the PowerPole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift, PowerPole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, PowerPole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong currents or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. PowerPole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. Bass Edge Radio is presented in part by Mercury Marine, returning with professional angler Cody Huff and the Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight. That's right, Lucas Oil High Performance Marine Products. For oil that surpasses all manufacturer's requirements, be sure to visit the BassEdge.com store for free shipping on all Lucas products. It works. Well, Cody, we started the conversation of how you uh, kind of had your first set of electronics once you got into college, but let's dive a little bit deeper. You know, you have used them so effectively this year, most were truly amazed to understand your win at Toledo Bend. How long did you have kind of the Garmin Live Scope dialed in before you began to really excel with it in competition? And what makes it such an important tool for you? You know, the Live Scope is such a cool tool, but there's some scenarios where you can't really use it. Like, you can't really use it to win all of the time. So it really took until the Toledo Bend tournament for me to have an opportunity to really use it to have a chance to win. You know, I, I use it every day to catch fish, but whenever you rely on it as heavy as I did and watch every single fish you catch all week eat your bait, that's relying on something big time. Yeah, that's taking it to a whole different level, Cody. You know, if you could kind of chat a little bit about winter fishing, this time of year in the Ozarks, how important bait is for locating bass and, um, you know, just what kind of patterns can develop in working to locate the bait in order to find a bass. Yeah, absolutely. Um, It seems like, you know, the whole key to this deep fishing winter game is finding the bait, like you said. So uh, I spend a ton of time idling and, you know, just getting on the pad and using my 2D sonar to run around and try to find the big schools of bait. But ideally, you want to be able to find that bait where you can run a pattern to find more. Like, if you can find them on the last channel swing in a creek, or if you can find them at the mouth of every creek, if you can put some pattern together to run to find these big schools of bait, you'll be way better off. Because you don't get stuck in a rut trying to fish one spot. If they're not biting at one place or they're not there, which happens a lot, you can just go find new ones. Yeah, if you're concentrating on the bait to locate the bass, obviously the bait are always moving can you give us a couple of you know experiences maybe like through your toledo bend experience when you were kind of chasing those fish with your garmin and you know obviously kind of did the same thing and at the table rock win this fall which you think about those two scenarios where you excelled to the highest level and won toyota series events they're really kind of maybe slightly similar because you're using the electronics to really find the fish sometimes coordinated with bait sometimes just looking for fish kind of break those experiences down for us a little bit real quick you know those were both just 
live scope fest because in both tournaments, I never weighed in a fish that I didn't watch on my live scope eat my bait. I mean, that is 100% true. I never caught one I didn't see. Both tournaments, I had to run a different, like a little bit of different pattern to find the bait. Table Rock, they were about halfway back in big creeks. Uh, that seemed to be the the easiest place to find them. And Toledo Bend, they started off in the creeks. You know, they were making that spring transition, and they were kind of going to the bank with some warm weather. And we had a big cold front hit, and I ended up having to follow the fish all the way from the creeks where they were at whenever we started, um, all the way out to the main river channel. And we ended up catching them in the Toyota series out in the middle of the main river channel. I mean, three quarters of a mile from where they started, which is just blows yeah, my that's, mind. That's was, insane. Yeah, playing. that that's a lot of movement, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, as people start to play at this live scope a lot more, you know, it's going to change everything they ever thought about bass because it did me. Whenever you get out there and you start playing with those shad eaters that are swimming around deep, you'll learn one thing really, really fast. They don't ever stop moving, ever. I mean, it doesn't matter. You've got to chase them down. And even if you get a school fired up and catch two or three, sometimes they get excited and they swim faster away from you. Crazy. Let's talk a little bit about baits. You know, Spoon was a big factor at Toledo Bend. In a side conversation we had earlier, you talked a little bit about how important weight was to you. What do you feel like is some of the key aspects to utilize your, obviously outside of the electronics equipment, but your actual fishing equipment, whether it's, you know, line size, weight of lure, those types of things that you are finding effective that can really help you target these fish with the lure that you're seeing on your electronics? Basically, I've got three baits whenever I go and try to attack these deep shad eaters. At Toledo Bend, like you said, I caught them on a jig and spoon, 7.8, like a 7.8 war eagle. I caught them on that, and I caught them on a 3.8 Kitech because they were a little bigger shad down there. Caught them on a 3.8 Kitech on a half-ounce head. And then at, at Table Rock, I caught them on a 2.8 Kitech and a 7.8 ice jig jigging wrap from raffle and like right now lately that's been the ticket for me i mean i've been catching a pile of fish on the thing and i've got so much confidence in it it's just one of my favorite baits so erratic those fish just can't handle it that jigging wrap my favorite size is probably the seven eights which is the biggest size they make in the jigging wrap i like to put that bait on 12 pound fluorocarbon i use bass pro shops fluorocarbon and i use a six eight medium heavy johnny morris signature series rod and i actually use a an eight three to one reel i like to be able to pick up a lot of line fast if you're watching your bait on the Garmin and you let your bait sink 50 feet and the fish are in 70 and you see you're going to miss them, you got to be able to crank that thing up fast and, and make a new flip. Very interesting. Cody, I want to circle back because you brought up a very, very good point. You said the fish are always on the move. And one of the things between when you look at the Toledo Bend tournament and the Table Rock tournament, or just if we're out on the water and guys are just out trying to enjoy the day, I think it's very important that you kind of emphasize how you were able to adapt. And let's take the Table Rock event, for instance. You know, you've spoken that you had found those fish kind of all bunched up in the flat right where it goes to the deep. But then things changed on that last day, and you actually found yourself kind of in the middle of a creek chasing individual smallmouth. Can you elaborate just a little bit on that? Because I think that's a very, very important point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so day three, I show up to one of my best places, and it just kind of dried up. I caught two Kentucky and that was it so i run through almost all my other stuff and don't get bit something happened with the pressure or the weather and, and it caused the bait fish to move and what they did was they rose in the water column 
Well, I remembered whenever I was running around early that morning in an area close to one of my best places, I saw some fish just making like little dimples on the surface. And if you spend a lot of time around smallmouth, you'll know that most of the time that smallmouth, I mean, it looks like a bluegill coming up and popping, but uh, most of the time it's actually smallmouth. So I, I went back to one of those areas about 10 o'clock and I only had two keepers and I start looking around my garment and all the bait fish are just super high in the water column. They're from probably five to 10 feet in the water column and uh, there's not any that are any deeper. So I start going out through the middle of this creek and uh, just looking around for my live scope and I start seeing like singles and pairs just out there swimming and if I could see them out you know 50 to 80 feet in front of the boat before they really know I'm there I could make an accurate cast and uh, I threw a little 2.8 Kitec on a half ounce jig head over to them and those fish were all about 15 feet and I could let it fall and reel it right over their head, and those big smallmouth would just explode. And uh, it turned out that they were all three-pounders. I mean, every one I caught was a three-pounder. I went from having two keepers to having 15 and a half pounds in like 30 minutes. That's awesome. You're using a half ounce. You mentioned the, the bait fish are pretty shallow. There must be a reason you like a heavier weight in those circumstances. There is, and it's kind of crazy. People kind of look at me funny because I throw this half ounce head and a two eight contact. I'm still throwing it on a spinning rod. I'm throwing it on eight pound test to an eight pound fluorocarbon leader to braid. The weight makes a huge difference in my opinion. Whether you're fishing, you know, the ice jig or you're fishing the Kitec, I like that weight because we talked about the fish are always moving. So if you can see them and you can kind of tell which direction they're swimming, if you throw your bait over there to them and it gets to them now, you're way better off. Because whenever they're swimming as fast as they usually are, you've got to throw something that can get to them now. You know, you don't want to have to sit there and try to have to calculate how far in front of them you need to throw to make that bait fall in front of their face. Hmm. So uh, a, a lot of situations situations, you know, that heavy weight will help you catch a lot more bass. Very cool. Cody, how do you see, you know, obviously being so in tune with the technology, which is typical for young people, right? I mean, you know, whatever it's phones, uh, you know, gaming, whatever, an old codger like Aaron and I, you know, we, we kind of, we kind of put off some change at times. And, and, uh, you know, most young people are growing up and, and moving into this new technology of development. So it's much easier for them to really flow into it. What do you see from your point of perspective, technology moving forward? What can the next horizon bit, whether utilizing continuing development in all types of electronic equipment or just using it in the state of fishing. And and I want to throw this back to 10 years ago, maybe it was. I can't remember when Paul Elias won the Gunnersville A-Rig tournament, right? And right. Um, for the first three years, four years after that tournament, every tournament in a cool water situation was an A-Rig fest, right? And the fish would just yeah. crazily eat it like they'd never seen it. It's not that way anymore. So where do you see this moving in kind of changing focus this electronic scheme? You know, honestly, I could see it being very similar to the A-Rig deal. I mean, if you come to this part of the world around the Ozarks two years ago, really a year ago, not very many guys had LiveScope. It's not a cheap tool. You have to really be invested in it to buy it and really want to learn to use it. But, you know, as many people are getting it, I could really see, you know, everybody going and trying to fish offshore and kind of uh, changing the way fish act after a while. Sooner or later, you know, just like everything else, just like the A-Rig, the fish are going to get tuned into it. They're going to get smart, you know, and that could lead to the bank beaters becoming the new offshore, you know, the guys that will go beat the bank. That might be where the big one starts to get caught, you know, but that'll take some time, you know. Uh, this is definitely going to have its chance to shine. I've always, I'm sitting on the front of my boat, you know, you see fish on a graph, even, you know, seven, eight years ago, you see them on 2D, downscan, scan, whatever it is. 
man, the deal would be if they could just tell me what species of fish that is. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't even be surprised if that was coming next. That's right, right. Cody, I always try and take Kurt to my best gar hole. I'm, I, you know. Uh, all right, we got we got to keep this interview going. Cody's got a guide trip to go to this morning. Listener question segment, Cody. We got a listener question segment. Question sent in by Connor from Massachusetts. Big shout out to Nitro Boats. This segment is brought to us by Nitro Boats. So uh, thanks to those guys. Connor out in Massachusetts, Cody. He wants some smallmouth tips. How can we help Connor attempt to catch some bass when the water temps are in the mid forties, likely? Where where they are right now about this time of year, if not colder up there in Massachusetts, but uh, probably not going to be really active. Maybe some of these techniques, Cody, you're utilizing, set Connor on a way where what's he going to see, you know, smallmouth specifically, cold water situations, behavior, and how to attack them? You know, I think if, uh, depending on where he's fishing, if he's got uh, some areas that, you know, have deep enough water and they have shad, this would be an awesome chance for him to maybe get ahead of everybody else that's, you know, fishing up there. If you're one of the first guys in your area to learn how to live scope and really take advantage of it, you can make some serious money fast. And if you just like catching bass, it's also just an awesome way to just catch a bunch of fish. So, you know, if you listen to this episode and you heard me talk about going and finding the bait and then you'll find the bass, that's all you need to do. Just spend time behind your graphs, just scanning and looking for that bait fish. And uh, I'd be really surprised if that didn't end up in you catching a lot more bass. Can you give him a couple tips on uh, your top bait choices that you would be targeting him with? Absolutely. Uh, top three baits is going to be, you know, a 2 8 Kitek, be a 7 8 or, you know, sometimes if you're smallmouth fishing and you're not super deep, maybe a 5 8 sound jigging wrap. That bait is just deadly. It's probably my, that'd be my number one bait that I would drop on those fish. Or also, you know, sometimes if they're a little more aggressive, they'll eat a jigging spoon. So uh, those are probably my go-to baits for trying to catch those vertical fish. And, uh, you know, maybe you'll get lucky and you'll be in one of those areas where people don't really do it. So uh, maybe you'll be the first guy in your area to kind of tap into that and uh, maybe have a little fun. Great stuff, Cody. Uh, Certainly uh, speaking to somebody that loves to do the exact style that you mentioned. So wanted to thank you for helping Connor with some midwinter smallmouth tips. Connor, please make sure to log on to BassEdge.com. Click the Claim Your Prize tab and uh, make sure you fill out that information so that we can get your Bass Edge gift sent directly to you. And a reminder, as always, Bass Edge listeners, keep firing in those questions to the show. We're going to have some great 2021 questions coming in, I'm sure. So uh, we want to hear from you. Email those to us, support at BassEdge.com, or keep leaving those comments on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter media pages. Well, Cody, uh, congrats again on your amazing year. Also, I'm going to hold you to it that you... I think you said here on the show that you're going to take me out and uh, basically educate me even more so on my new Garmin live scope. So uh, I'm going to hold you to that. But before we go, do you have any final thoughts for our listeners? You know, guys, you say here, listen to me talk about this technique and vertical fishing. And it's it's something that just takes time to get your confidence. So, you know, if you go out and don't catch them your first trip or your second trip, you know, don't give up on it. Put your head down, you know, take all your other rods out of the boat and just go commit to it. I'm telling you, it's worth your time. Great stuff, Cody. My tip to everyone is don't be an old codger like myself and, and Aaron and uh, grasp new <laughs> technology. And uh, we can all learn from uh, young superstar anglers like Cody Huff, man. Cody Cody, it's been great to meet you. Thanks again for taking time with us to educate us here at Bass Edge Radio. Y'all hang in there. Aaron and I will return in a moment. 
You know the importance of protecting your investments. So why use anything else other than the original and toughest DIY keel protector for your boat? MegaWare Keel Guard. Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our exclusive contoured edge and patented technology. MegaWare Keel Guard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the longest-lasting, most dependable keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. Developed specifically by boat builders, offering the best keel protection in the industry. Also from MegaWare Keel Guard, Skeg Guard, Flex Step Pro, and Pontoon Guard. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. MegaWare Keel Guard. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the PowerPole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift, PowerPole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, PowerPole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong current or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. PowerPole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. Aaron, great having Cody Huff on the first episode of 2021, man. It was fun to get to chat with him and love hearing a young angler's perspective, specifically one that is using what I would consider newer type technology. We've heard about it all year on the tournament trails. He was able to uh, capitalize on new electronic technology here and load up the bank account and really kind of just splash his name into the industry. Yes, and I, you know, have a personal affinity towards uh, that episode. Cody crushed it. Obviously, he's already done well, and he's going to continue to light up the tournament scene. I love the fact, you know, certainly with him being kind of from the Ozarks, uh, Bull Shoals, Table Rock, that kind of thing, doing the deep fishing, bringing in the Garmin electronics, which is something, Kurt, you and I spent time in 2020 talking about there in the late season, spending our own money to do that. But long story short, just a, a solid, solid episode. Yeah, it was great, man. I'm excited for this reason, most because it's a new year. And the one important aspect of this episode, to me, as a you know late 40s angler, never, ever push off new technology, baits, lures, innovation. It's so easy for, I'm going to say the mid-30s up guy to do things the old way, you know, or, or angler, lady, um, you know, to do things the old way and kind of get stuck in a rut. And if you're not paying attention to what's new and willing to invest in it and willing to embrace a concept that you're not aware of, but to educate yourself about it and push through the failures of education that you have with anything, right? I mean, we just don't hear it, know it and, and do it. You have to work at it. You have to become skilled at it. And, um, and it's so important in life in general, you know, to take these things and just not get stuck in the rut and do the same thing over and over again. And uh, that's the biggest thing I take from these young anglers. And then seeing what an angler like Cody can share his experience with us and how in just a short time but dedicated amount of time that he can take a new concept, no matter what it is obviously in this scenario, electronics, but take a new concept and then just embrace it, learn it, and then 
excel with it and be ahead of the curve. You heard what he said in his listener question. If you get ahead of the curve, just in your geographic area, in whatever it is, you know, go back to the A-Rig deal, right? Even if you saw Paul Elias jack, you know, 105 pounds from a bridge at Gunnersville back in 06 or 08 or whenever that was, don't be the guy or girl that just doesn't embrace new, interesting, exciting things that have potential to be successful. So uh, I think that's my take from this interview, along with lots of other things that Cody said. But uh, that's the most important thing that I bring from this interview myself. Well said, Kurt. I will add resistance. I guess my takeaway is that resistance to evolution or growing is futile. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it'll make you a poor man with an empty live well in this sport because uh, you will get left behind. You will get left behind. And uh, I, I could not agree with you more talking with the younger anglers and then also uh, veterans like yourself who continue to push the envelope. Uh, you know, I have a hard enough time breaking away from ordering the same thing at a restaurant all the time. So anyway, oh my God, that's a great point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you know, it's we're creatures of habit. So speaking of uh, habit, we have to get in the habit of uh, ending our episode here in the near term because we are at the end of episode 343 for January 1st, kicking off the new year of 2021. We are excited here at Bass Edge. We certainly appreciate all of Bass Edge Nation taking this ride along with us for many many years and hope you will continue to do so throughout 2021 for kurt dove i am aaron martin be sure to check out bassedge.com all of the social media and stay up on all things bass edge we look forward to seeing you next episode on episode 344 january 15th so long everybody the edge is presented by megaware keel guard for more information on Bass Edge or to shop at the Bass Edge online store, visit BassEdge.com. And be sure to join Kurt Dove and Aaron Martin right here on another episode of The Edge. Brought to you in part by Nitro Boats, Lucas Oil, ProtectTheHarvest.com, Mercury Marine, PowerPole, and Rapaholic.com. <laughs>